broadcasting live from our lovely hobbit holes in the shire and the plain of Middle Earth. It's Tap Tap Concede, and it's a very special Tap Tap Concede this week because I am joined with our guests from the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle Earth pre-pre-release. But before we get to hanging out with them and having a wonderful casual chat... A word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by CardKingdom.com. They're a great place. They're a kingdom of cards. They're a kingdom of tautologies. And they're very, very patient. Thank you, Kevin. All right. If you want to order some cards from CardKingdom.com, you should definitely do that. You can use our affiliate code slash LRR and say, Loading Ready Run sent me. Button, please. And they will send a button in with your orders. Singles anywhere in the world. Sealed product anywhere in the contiguous American state of America. And that's about it for that. Yes. All right. And our second sponsor, patreon.com. Thank you so much for your support of our Patreon. We literally could not do this without you, and it means the world to us. So if you're interested in being a patron, please check it out on patreon.com slash loading ready run. All right. With the sponsor biz out of the way, I am joined by Chase. Hello. Hi. I'm excited to be here. Thank, I'm excited to have you on their podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. And Zbex. Hey, everyone. Hope you're doing fabulously. And Power Dragon. Hello, world. Hopefully you don't get tired listening to us because we're going to ramble a lot today, I'm sure, <laughs> with lots of stories. <laughs> This is just the this is just the getting to know you and chill hangout podcast. I've prepared my as usual incredibly spicy controversial food take question. Uh, so you know everybody's been marinating on what they're willing to admit in public. But before we get to that, it's uh, time to ask one of my favorite questions: What is your favorite bad beat story? Like you know you had something set up only to get screwed at the last second by a counterspell. You fatefully misread a card that was on the board. That kind of thing. Chase? Yeah, I have one. I Back in the day, I was really into fairies. I really liked like the fairy creature type, especially from like Lorwyn, where they looked like bugs. So I had a fairy deck, and I had, it was a Layla as the commander. And I put in the art of Thoughtseize that had the little fairy on it, because I thought it was like very thematic, and like I could do something with it. Well, when I was playing a game of commander, I only had one opponent left, and I was at two life, and I didn't read the full text of Thoughtseize. So I was like, well, like, I guess I can just like do something. So I cast Thoughtseize and then I realized I had killed myself. Yep. <laughs> and I wasn't going to take it back because how hilarious is that? You have to commit to the bit. So I committed to the bit and I killed myself in a game of Commander with a Thoughtseize. I think that like damaging yourself because you're using a rude fairy card is like quite like, to me, thematic for Lorwyn fairies because they don't care about collateral damage. No. I hurt myself in my confusion that day, and it was rough. <laughs> Zbex, do you have a fun bad beat story? I do. Uh, it's more about what happened to my deck. Uh, I accidentally threw my entire library into an aisleway of a Grand Prix during competitive REL rounds. So I was seated on the end of an aisle, and I like to keep my deck on the left, and for some reason, I was doing something or emotive, and I smacked my whole deck. And it was like maybe 30 minutes into the round, so enough time that people who had finished quickly were starting to mill around. And I had to quickly be like, Judge, uh, that's my library. What do I do? 
<laughs> but I hadn't scried anything, so it was pretty easy just to consider it was still random and move on from there. It's, it's aggressively shuffled as you fling it, it onto is. the floor. <laughs> Definitely randomized at that point. A little embarrassing, but we've lived and moved on. <laughs> did you win the round? I believe I did. Yes. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, it might work for you. So it all worked out. As, as psychically damaging for you as, as sure it was, I'm sure it was. Perhaps your opponent was even more like, you know, who, what could be going on now? Mystic. Mystic. <laughs> Dequan, what or what would uh, what's your favorite bad beat story? My mine starts with a question. Have you ever had a bad beat and didn't know it wasn't bad beat? <laughs> like, oh, like like you're like laying in bed and like you're like oh I miss uh, actually, lethal. Actually, in a car ride, as it turns out. So it was actually a qualifier. And I'm in the finals, and I have, I think it's like Rolling Thunder. From, it tells you how old I am. I was playing a qualifier when Stronghold was still a thing. But I have enough mana to hit my opponent for three, but I'm like, he's at seven. I can't kill him or whatever. Not realizing that I actually have a four damage spell on my deck I can draw next turn, right? But I kind of just like pass, whatever. I draw the four damage spell. I'm like, whatever. I'm going to die on the next turn. I shoot the opponent. Game's over. You know, I shake his hand. I collect my prizes. Halfway back home in the car... I'm asleep, and I just wake up and go, damn it. <laughs> right? They're like, wait, what? And my, everybody in the car going, like, what? And I'm like, I could have won the damn tournament. And they're like, what? And we're, like, recreating it in the car and, like, links up out and explaining. And I'm like, that's the worst situation. It's like, ah, I could have went to the Pro Tour. Dang it. Like, you know, so I went later. But, you know, that, that one sucked because in hindsight, it's just – and what's funny is nobody realized it at the time. Nobody I was with, nobody watching. It was just like – Oh, wow. One of those things that just hit me later. It's like that one felt real bad. So you were asleep in the car. Oh, yeah. So you're – so you had – you you know, your your conscious mind oh, yeah. just checked out. <laughs> but your subconscious was like, no, replay that board state again. Exactly. It was like it was crazy. So I'm like, yep, that one, that one probably hurts the most. Oh, that's crushing. Wow. Yeah, it was rough. Wow, time to time to I think maybe uh ask so I was let's let's take it up. Let's ask a more upbeat story about like missing a chance for the pro tour. I was trying <laughs> to think of a good question that would, would capture everyone's interest, but we all like to play a slightly different flavor of magic, which is kind of what I like about magic. The game has so much variety and there's so many different ways to play and engage with it, which is very fun for me. But at the same time I'm like, all right standard on arena vintage which i'm like i don't even know anything about i'm not asking any legacy. questions about legacy see i didn't even get the format right <laughs> any little bit different well i kind of assume that like once the cards get past a certain point i'm not going to remember what they say uh i'm a degenerate limited player and uh and chase you like commander yep so obviously this is like kind of varied but what do you what draws you to your formats i personally like playing limited because i like drafting because i like figuring out the draft environment figuring out what seats open because i feel like a, i feel like i've solved a professor layton puzzle i'm so smart when my deck comes together it's great and when it didn't it's just because the signals were messed up and it wasn't my fault uh you know so that's what i like and also that i only need to know what like one set of cards does. I don't have to worry about any interactions outside of that. Cause to me, commander seems a little bit overwhelming. So here's my so somewhat tailored question. When you have a much larger pool of cards to, to, to pull from when you're building decks, like with standard, especially mm -hmm. with the increased size of standard yeah. and legacy. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. And commander, which just like makes me feel like a smooth brained monkey. Like what are your, <laughs> 
<laughs> what are your tips for like finding those synergies and figuring out what cards go together and like building new things and like experimenting? What makes you go with these big wide open formats? I, I think for me, it's really two different things. Like I, cause I actually, I'm on the commander advisory group, so I kind of have to play some commander. But <laughs> what, what I really do is I treat them differently. Like for mm. standard, it's very, that's my like, I call it my somewhat competitive work, right? I'm mm -hmm. making stuff for content. I'm like trying to find neat interactions, all that. But for commander, it's very casual. Like people think because I'm on the commander advisory group, I have these hardcore competitive commander decks or whatever, like not even close. Like I treat hundred card magic, super casual, big battle cruiser, dumb stuff, play big creatures I never get to play. So for me, they just, they kind of scratch different itches, mm -hmm. right? And I spend time during the week, just building lots of decks, testing stuff, looking for different combination of things to make content for in standard. But for a commander, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's throw caution to the wind and just do whatever, right? So it's not even really a uh, curated experience so much in commander for me as it is in standard. Hmm. For legacy, it's even though you might think having all of the cards in magic available to you besides a small ban list, the number of cards that are actually played in Legacy might make you feel a lot more comfortable like looking at a draft set because Blue, for example, Force of Will is a card that made me want to play Legacy. You get to do stuff for free? What? Cool. Uh, but, you know, if you look at any blue deck, they probably have Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder. You know, at, at, at any given time, mm. your Legacy deck, you could put it on a shelf, stop playing for two to five years, then show up to a Legacy tournament, which is honestly what a lot of legacy players will do when it's in their area pull out their deck and come and smash because there's you're honing in on the converted mana cost and looking at those cards that are just the best one two and three drops and then of course there's some reanimator or sneak and show style decks that will play some of the larger splashier cards but they have to be really good like the new Atraxa recently started getting played in Sneak and Show, which is one of my favorite decks. I've still stuck with the classic Emrakul Grizzlebrand list, but once you know those, it becomes this really fun, grindy format where you, you're, you're top decking, you're playing your hand out, and then suddenly you're like, what's going to happen? We know what's in each other's deck, but oh goodness. So mm. it's, it's exciting, but a much smaller pool than you might think, even though it is all of the cards in Magic. Um, for me, for Commander, for me, why I love Commander so much is it's such a creative format. You're open to being able to literally do pretty much anything you want. And so for me, it's kind of a mixed bag of like finding things that I like. So for instance, I've started doing this new practice where I'll make Commander decks, but I'm only allowed to use cards I already own to kind of just mm. try and fiddle around with things and not buy stuff. Because, you know, magic is expensive and I love it, but um, it's, I don't want to buy like three copies of like a $40 card. So like, I'll just like take some stuff I already own, shove it in a deck and see if it works. But like, for me, when it comes to deck building, I always like to encourage others to use um, resources online. I always encourage that because I feel like there's, you know, because Commander is so creative and even in the past with like more competitive formats, people had like the concept of like net decking and you don't really see that m that much anymore, thankfully. But like using those resources online is so great to kind of help you get an understanding of such a broad format. Resources like Scryfall for advanced searchings are what I do typically if I'm like looking for a specific keyword or um, EDHREC also is like really good to like help you just kind of get like an understanding of like the amalgamation of decks that people have created. 
or even you know if you're just like man because some people just don't like to deck build let's be honest it's sometimes it's not that fun like you could just take your favorite creators list and just make that i've had a bunch of people tell me that they've you know seen somebody online and they've liked what they've done and so they built their list and they've loved it and that's another really great way to do that too excellent speaking of building things is there anything from the lord of the rings set that y'all are excited to build around i'm seeing mm. vigorous nods so go ahead zbex i'm definitely building the mono green gladriel deck uh, i've already started asking the internets and some of you might have replied on my post so thank you to card <laughs> suggestions that fit the generous gift theme that are kind of kooky some cards from mirrored and besieged like whenever an artifact goes to the graveyard you gain five life or other things where you get to give something to opponent like a plus one plus one counter on one of their creatures is one of the main abilities that she has so it it'll be fun and cheeky and might run some of the popular cards in green, but will also run a lot of offbeat, off-the-wall cards because I like storytelling as I play Commander. Mm. If I'm going to play something that's not, this is the best deck in Legacy and this is how you win, then I want to be really thematic like that. <laughs> I feel like that's like a vibe that we could all aspire to, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I really want to brew. I got a, I was very lucky to get, um, a preview card for this set and it was a legendary creature, which as a commander player brings joy to my tender little heart. And so my preview card was King of the Oathbreakers, which really oh. funny enough cannot be an Oathbreaker for you. Um, cause he's just a, a ghost. Um, and he is a spirit themed commander that is Orzov, which is pretty odd in, in colors for spirits because typically a lot of spirits tend to be in Azorius colors. And so I I thought how can I do this and I love the fact that this card fiddles around with phasing because phasing is such a very niche weird mechanic and is magic especially that you don't really see too often and so like I was trying to find a way to like make this a theme deck with spirits but still get that phasing so like to fairy's protection and like guardian of faith and like all these like old spells from like onslaught or whatever that like target all your creatures on your board or stuff so that I can like phase everything out oh and then get a bunch of tokens and then do stuff like um uh, like Mondrak or Anointed Procession or even Kaya Geist Hunter to just get like double the amount of tokens and just do very weird niche things. And I love it so much. Oh, I can think of fun things to do with tokens. Okay, so this is my thing. Is like, I'm like a add more cook. I'm mm -hmm. just like, ooh, I could put in a token sub theme. Oh, and if I'm putting in a token sub theme, I should... Da, 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 and yeah, this yeah. is like, so my decks always lack focus. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, so basically you're you're starting from the point of, I'm going to run everything that says phasing that's decent. Yes. Sort of build around that. Yes. Ooh, it's fun. I love it. Then see how far down the list you get. Do the... Do the do, when an Orzov, do you remember like from the first Ravnica mm -hmm. set, the Orzov mechanic was haunt, I think? Yeah. Yes. Does yeah. that count as phasing or is that going to exile? I don't believe no, it, it counts count as, as phasing. phasing. Okay. So yeah. it's treated differently because something yeah. phases out still keeps its stuff. Right. Yeah, they, which like, is kind of weird. Phasing is, counters stay on and stuff. Yeah, like phasing yeah. is like ignore it. Literally, like I think like the reminder text is like pretend that they're not there. It's like a somebody else's <laughs> problem field from Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of early rules that we hated with phasing for us OGs that played it when it first came out. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you have any good phasing stories? <laughs> no, not really. It's just like the way the rules worked because like some stuff triggered when things came in and then when they left, but then other ones didn't. And they actually changed the rules at the time for, for how phasing worked to where wow. we 
the way they work now. Yeah, tokens you used to used to those wouldn't be able to phase, um, mm. but they can now, which is very important for the deck that I wanted to build. I like looked up the ruling and I was like, oh god, if they can't phase out, I'm gonna be so sad. Well. Phasing or not, I've got to phase on to my next question. I'm so good at being an interviewer. It's like so natural <laughs> how all these transitions go. Yeah. Um, my next question is a lore question because I, that is my thing. That's like one of the things that we did for this PPR is I like, I read some of the books as much of the books as I needed to, because I did not have time to read like 1,100 pages before Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to absorb. You're, you're not going to really like crunch that like you would for like a final exam. Right? No, and it's not, I would call a breezy read. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. This is not just plop it down on the beach, have a, have, you know, a beer in the sun kind of, and I'll tear through half of it kind of a book. It's like, oh, wait, whose son is this again? Mm -hmm. So I read, so, but I was like really immersing myself in, I was trying to immerse myself as much as possible in the lore. Mm -hmm. So, are you, uh, is anybody here like a Lord of the Rings fan? I know pretty much everybody here has said that they've read it as a kid and I didn't. So I'm like coming to it from new. What's your favorite like lore piece from this set? Ooh, lore piece from the set. Like for example, like there's a card called Gift of Strands and uh, basically it's like, why is this? And there's just this whole passage in the book where Galadriel's giving everybody gifts and she's like, what do you want, Gimli? He's like, I want some of your hair, but he says it really politely. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's a great, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Here's a blessing for you as well. So I was like, what a weird thing to put on a card, but I kind of love that. I think this might be, it's not like a splashy card or like a, beloved character but i think this is one of my favorite just small references i think if there was something that stood out to me it was that they kind of both made sure to go like deep cut kind of stuff mm. so like this is for like the hardcore fans like you'll know what this reference is or who this person is even though they're not like huge in the story but they're they're there for a few chapters and you're like oh yeah i remember that mm -hmm. but then also just fun stuff like second breakfast right like mm -hmm. like you knew that had to be a thing it's it's a thing you've heard people joke about whatever so you kind of had to have a card called that so it was kind of cool that you know while they still went super deep it was like oh, we got to have this top level kind of fun fan servicey things too mm -hmm. so i think they're they're kind of getting people from both ends which is kind of nice nice i think Overall, they did a really nice job of fitting both flavor into the flavor text or like the reminder text mm -hmm. on Shadow Facts. Um, but the main thing that I noticed while deck building for the pre pre release, like the, I think it's called the Breaking of the Fellowship. It's yeah. a red mana sorcery where you make an opponent's creature fight one of their own creatures or deal damage to it equal to its power. Yeah, there it is. And I just really like that you know the strength of the ring and not only is the ring mechanic so powerful, but you also get to see your opponent's army crumpling in on each other because of that temptation, even though mm. you're the one who did it. But there's there's a lot of little hidden stuff when you think about how the mechanics work in the game. You're like, it's just like the story. Mm. Oh. For me, I have two things. Uh, the first one is um, You Cannot Pass, which I really, really, really like. It's just, it's like this very big, like momentous experience that we like read in the books. And like to like see it depicted, like just, it's kind of like, um, like, when I think about like when like Kamigawa there was like you know you like you're already dead it's like that equivalent like it's like one of those like oh they said the thing you know yeah. so it's like really exciting to like have that and the other thing um that I really like most is that I believe this is for the um 
pre-condex, I believe, that the tokens uh, say Tolkien creature instead yes. of like like actual T-O-K-E-N. It's, T- it's like the name Tolkien. And I think that is such a cute little thing to have included and like i was actually really surprised that 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 they want to do something so cutesy like that and i'm like that makes me really happy that we have like a cute little like like name nod in such a fun way it's just like it has a lot of like personality to it that i really like that's fantastic are you going to are there i mean you've already got the incredible galadriel outfit which you brought here there are do you have any more future lord of the rings cosplay plans based on some of the cards I mean, there's a lot of really pretty ones, but Gladriel was my, I'm an elf girl at heart. I've always been, when I got into magic, the forests naturally called to me. Uh, So currently that's my main one. And then we might be looking towards the next set by the time things come about. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, Any commanders caught your eye aside from, uh, you talked about the one that you were like going to build the deck around, but is there anything else you're looking at and going, dang, that is sweet as hell in this set? I don't know yet, which is not a really great answer. It's just I I see like broad strokes of things that I appreciate in terms of mechanics, but I haven't found a legendary creature that has really hit home for me. Mm. Like I love seeing the the food mechanic come back. I like food tokens. I think they're cute. I think they're flavorful and fun. I know that in the precons we we saw like we got another gilded goose and and stuff like that. And even we have another birds of paradise. And it's just I don't know why I I think it's so fun, but like. You know, making a niche token kind of work so perfectly in a set like this inspires me a little bit. Like I thought maybe doing something like flickery with like Samwise, but having like food token synergies in there. Mm. Um, Maybe doing like an academy manufacturer type thing, like doing flickering, but only just to get a bunch of food. What I'm going to do with that, I don't know. Like I could do like an altar of the brood effect where, you know, food enters and people mill a card and then I can just keep flickering to get more food to get people to mill more. So like they're starving. (laughs) Like, well, I'm... (laughs) A beautiful banquet in front of me, but that, I'm trying to figure it out. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, I'll just starve them out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that like brings a whole new meaning to millstone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> millstone. Yeah. Ah, I see what you did there. Mm. Anything anything else spicy catching your eye from the set? Uh, for me, it was more, it wasn't even really about commanders as much as it was about parts for other decks. Right. Mm. I think there's a lot where you just go like, oh yeah, that probably fits here. Maybe I can put this into a deck. Like the... Aragorn and Arwen wed. Like as soon as they preview that, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a deck with plus one, plus one counters. Mm. Like it gains a bunch of life. It's a big creature. Like this would be really cool to throw in there. But like, I'm not gonna go back and build a deck around it. But I have a Hamza deck that this fits perfectly into. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna earmark that one. That's one of the ones I got to pick up. So I think there's like six or seven cards as I kind of went through the previews and we're just like, oh yeah, that one. I can put this in this deck. You know, looking for big creatures from the set that fit into like my Rith the Awakener deck, right? Something right. like that. So lots of cool stuff that can do big things, but don't necessarily seem overpowering, which is really nice. Because I think that's one thing we're starting to encounter somewhat in Commander games mm-hmm. is some people are trying to just drive to do the biggest, best thing. It's like, well, still, you can do a big thing, but make it fun and entertaining on the way there. And, like, this card fits that perfectly for me. Mm-hmm. I will say one more thing about the cosplay. Uh, so you have seen it if you've looked at the Loading Ready Run pre-pre-release stuff. I made the overcoat, the uh, circlet, and the dress is not something that I made. It's... Uh, not my creation, but I did source fabric months before seeing any of the cards. And I have this whole elaborate bodice gown plan that 
had I not been traveling to so many other fabulous magic events, I would have had time to create. So my Gladriel cosplay will be probably a long work in progress and mm-hmm. eventually be something that I can take to non-magic shows that other people can appreciate. So I have a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, I do have that fabric sitting at home. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> That's fantastic. So keep checking back in and see the evolution. But uh, if you are interested in seeing the incredible cosplay, please check out our VOD, which is over on our Twitch page, or the replay when it goes live on goes live on this YouTube channel. All right. That was some good magic questions, but now it's time to get into the casual chitty chat. Some questions that I always prepare. So I like to say... What's your favorite band? Because that really, I like to get to know people by asking that. It was the first thing I asked Chase when we sat down yeah. to do the track <laughs> I was like, what's your favorite band right now? Uh, my favorite band, I have two. <clears throat> my forever favorite band is a uh, electronic duo by the name of Boards of Canada. They make very chilled out music, just like good beeps and boops. They've been around forever. Mm-hmm. Like I did not get on the ground floor. Their first album came out in like 1998 or something. Mm-hmm. But you can go back and listen to it. And then suddenly a lot of albums that came out afterwards make sense. You're like, oh, this is where they got those ideas from. Uh, so I really like Boards of Canada. And my other favorite band <clears throat> is King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. I've heard of them. I've the- heard of them, but never heard anything they've done. But oh, I've heard of them. They're, they have a very, very discography. Uh... I'm, this is not a King Gizzard podcast, but later, if you're interested, I'll I'll try to recommend an album because they've got put out like I don't know, like twenty or something like that. They've only been around for ten years. Yeah, people when that card came up, <laughs> yep, people were like, a, "Whoa, it's a wizard lizard." It's a lizard lizard, <laughs> Kathleen, like that thing that you like. I'm like, it is like that thing I like. Thank you. All right, so Chase. What are you vibing on right now? So my current favorite band is a band called Ghost. And that's always a very interesting conversation to have with people. Because they look terrifying, but they are not uh, at all. <laughs> well, okay, I'm, I know all about Ghost. But do you want to just recount the Ghost vibe and yes. gimmick for people? Yes. So Ghost was initially um, an anonymous band. So it was just a bunch of people like they're they're a swedish band that um dresses up as a satanic pope and um faceless yeah i know right it's it's weird sounding um and they were just completely anonymous they wore masks on stage even the main lead singer um tobias would wear a full prosthetic mask so it would change the face structure that he had um and he would be called like papa emeritus and it would go like you know different like papa emeritus like two three four and so on there's a lot of ghosts there's lore. a lot there's a lot of ghost lore but pretty much they're no longer anonymous because of a lawsuit that they had so we now know who they are and basically it's just a group of like people who are LARPing on stage and their concerts are called rituals. And the whole premise of the band is that they are um, a satanic church trying to convert people um, to join the religion through rock and roll, but they're being very blatant about it. And it sounds really weird. Honestly, that's, that's like if your parents found that they come to you like, are, are you okay? It's, is this a cry for help? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> oh, it's so great. I love them. Their their music is like, <clears throat> despite this description, is like honestly pretty like uplifting for like oh, metal it's... music. Like to me, it's like, you know, like 
you're gonna you're gonna be fine. You're gonna do your thing. You're gonna... I love that uplifting metal music. But it actually really is like if you if you wanted like a very good reference here without clicking away. Um, I would say the best visual description of Ghost is the Secret Lair Micaeus the Unhallowed art because it oh, looks just okay. like that, that's fair. It just looks like Papa. Um, but like they're a very weird. Like a lot of their music is about like you know the hypocrisies within religion and you know how religion can use shame as a tool and how they're trying to be open and loving and like you know welcoming you and they have like a lot of different songs that kind of portray that like that is a very clear depiction of what (laughs) he is though and the a lot of it's really really good too um they released a cover album recently um and a, they did a cover album. One of the songs was by ABBA, Tina Turner. Oh, jeez. Um, one of them was Iron Maiden. So, like, it's a mixed bag. And they've, that guy, like, he can really sing really oh, well. Right. He is phenomenal. Okay. They're so great. I cannot recommend them enough. They're they're probably my favorite band currently. I've been to one ritual. I hope to go to another very soon. Amazing. I love this. Having a concert to ritual. Yeah. I love it. I love it. it. There's a whole theme. Well, uh, I, I, uh, Cameron, who is in the PPR with us, went to see Lingua Ignata. I don't know. Do you know who Lingua Ignata is? I do is? not. You might like her music. It's sort of like religious from the other end, but she had her whole concert styled like a, like a, like a, like a rural revival church thing. Oh, that's cool. It was very cool. So it was very like kind of vibes, but it was more just like, fuck all the haters. I will burn you. Right. <laughs> Language not as great. I was like, being from the Southern US, I feel like I've seen too many of those in person. So this, this is a subversion <laughs> of that. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, all right, Zbex, what kind of music are you vibing on? Switching gears. I'm very much a beats queen. Uh, so I listen to a lot of, Missy Elliott or, you know, mm. early 2000s hip hop and pop. Uh, she I never there's gets... a reason we got along. Yeah, <laughs> that's, she never that's gets a, skipped yeah. on yep, my yep. playlist. And then besides that, I listen to a lot of EDM, that electronic dance music. I'm definitely a rave baby or maybe now a rave mom. Uh, <laughs> but I love anything with about 120 beats per minute or 124 beats per minute. It's very strange, but as a musical person, I can just tell when it's got that rhythm and I just like moving and grooving and can get anything done or can do any stream or like just like driving in my car when I've got that bass going. So I, I can't think of a particular EDM band. Justice is on my playlist a lot. Classic French EDM uh, stuff. So yeah, I listen to a lot of just feel good vibe and early music. 2000s you listen to a lot of ludicrous didn't you i do i, I do you, you know <laughs> my necklace is so heavy it feels like a yeah exactly from my neck yeah. exactly uh-huh. we there <laughs> that's funny excellent uh, i don't know i probably have two answers too like if i'm if i'm like listening to older stuff uh offspring when it comes on, i still mm. really enjoy that but there's a newer i guess you want to call them a band uh that's kind of like a side project for bruno mars it's a group called Silk Sonic. I've heard it. It's yes. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac and they do really cool like almost like throwback sound stuff but with like a new flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And they have really like even their videos that they do for them or like they have one it's almost like a Motown style song that has all the bad like leisure suits and whatever mm-hmm. like it's it's great. Like if you haven't heard them if you like either of those artists totally worth listening to it's a whole different feel of music and it's so much fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. song is great and they're both super talented so i mean not a surprise yes very yeah just breezy wonderful summertime yeah. music makes you feel good i'm a curmudgeon though and i want music that makes me feel bad because that's what my inner <laughs> monologue sounds like so all my music is depressing 
Uh, I think all everything I listen to, I think, is usually pretty upbeat, friendly, whatever. Like, I think it's just the way I've always been with everything as a whole. I can tell from your demeanor. You're just like a... Yeah, it's kind of the only vibe I have, which is funny because people come to my YouTube channel and they're like, oh, I really like the vibe and everything positive and chill or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's all I got. I Like, that's, this is it. That's <laughs> like, just you. I'm glad, glad you appreciate it because this is all I'm bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like the single vibe we serve here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of serving, here is a question that I always ask people because I like to stir up trouble in the comments. And if mm -hmm. you think any of these opinions are wrong and bad, put them in the comments and feed that YouTube engagement gone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I always like to ask people what their most controversial food take is. And what do I mean by that? Well, my most controversial food take is that you can make a perfectly normal piece of French toast, but you don't put any vanilla in the batter if you're going to do this, because that's obscene. Uh, and you fry it up as normal, and then instead of putting um, syrup and butter on it, you can put some butter on it, and then you serve it with ketchup. And I think that is a fine, savory thing to have for brunch, and everybody else looks at me like I'm a lunatic. And I'm prepared to admit that it is horrible sounding but not that bad to eat if you could get over the psychic damage you'd take from ingesting it you'd find it would be tolerable i think mm -hmm. man if you serve me that i feel like you'd be challenging our friendship mm -hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh no this is not something i have ever forced anyone to eat like this is like when i have breakfast like if we have brunch at home like Graham and our daughter Penelope, they will have normal French toast like regular human beings, <laughs> and then I will have the catch up to myself. And I've never, like, I've been married to Graham for like since 2009. No, when did I get married? I can't even remember. But it's been a long time, and I he I've never forced him to eat this, right? Because <laughs> I love him and want to remain married. It just makes me wonder: Are you one of those people who says that? ketchup on mac and cheese is good too yes like, you're in that boat oh, yeah ketchup on eggs ketchup on mac and cheese ketchup on eggs Just doesn't wait bother till me. you hear mine I, I can do ketchup on eggs that doesn't bother me too much mm -hmm. mac and cheese it's uh i've had some it's all right it's, you know. I, I mean boxed mac and cheese isn't that good anyhow so see now well now I next time i have next time i have I french toast that. i'm gonna have to put a little ketchup on it I, and just just to see just to see just like yeah. cut off like one square yeah i just like want to see what, it's, what that's about the thing is, I'm going to be afraid that I'm going to, if I actually like it, I'm going to be like, oh, no. You can't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the grave with that one. <laughs> That's fine. That's just like, you're making breakfast. Your partner's out there. She's like, you're done. It's like, one second. I'm not done yet. You're having yeah, a exactly. slice of French toast. Like, what do you, what do you need ketchup for? Don't, don't ask any questions. Mm, yeah. I think I've, I've accidentally let slip a second controversial food opinion is that I'm not a huge fan of boxed mac and cheese. And then I saw Specs and Chase going, <laughs> I love boxed mac and cheese. The fake cheese is so good. The chemicals to... is what makes it taste good. They used to sell that on its own where you could get the powdered cheese. I don't know if they do it anymore, but I loved that. <laughs> There's a store in downtown Victoria called Bulk Barn where you can just buy a bag of it. You can just fill your own bag with boxed mac and cheese powder. If Customs doesn't have a problem with it. They yeah, probably do. do. <laughs> <laughs> You're traveling over the border with a big bag of yellow powder. That's really cursed. It was just being like a I'll random my bag. bag yeah. too, this time. <laughs> like, do you have any agriculture you're taking back across the border? No, sir. What the oh, hell is fake. this big it's bag? It's technically <laughs> legally a pesticide. <laughs> but, but there's that. Actually, no, well, thank God. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about agriculture. <laughs> I, you know, you sounded, you had a lot of convin convincing there. I was like, probably if you sprinkle this on a plant, it might die. It probably would. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I hate box mac and cheese. It's actually all right. Like, the thing is, 
obviously the other mac and cheese is better. But, like, I'll still eat box mac and cheese. Like, it's fine. Yeah, me too. But, like, yeah. homemade mac and cheese with the cheese sauce and stuff. No ketchup on that. Sure. Craft dinner, sure. ketchup. But also... Okay, that's fair. That's oh, fair. You're not trying to... call it craft dinner here. Y- yes. Yeah, you're not, you're not trying to ruin somebody's, term? like, good work on mac and cheese. But the box, dinner. it can take a beating. You're yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Okay. I can I can appreciate okay, that. Okay, okay. Well, if it step back to only one concept. Yeah, that one's, that one's not so bad. I think we're on board with the no, second I, one. No, I'm vibing with it. Like, uh, I do love my box mac and cheese, though. All right. My, mine are just going to get me blown up, so. I uh, could go. Yeah. Mine is, it's not about, a, it's just the way people eat a certain food. Uh-oh. It, I know. It freaks, I don't understand why, but like. Anytime someone eats a pizza, if they fold it so that when they put it in their mouth, it's kind of like full, kind of like a sandwich, you're and you bite it, you're you're just only tongue on crust. You're not getting, you're not getting the innards. You're wait, just wait, getting wait, wait, like wait. when you fold it and you bite it, you're just getting tongue on crust. That's all you're tasting is is the crust, <laughs> the bottom part. You want to you want to bite it so that you could taste like all of it, but you fold it like a sandwich. So when you eat it like that, you're just getting like teeny bits of like, like sauce you, flavor but, with crust. But do you turn it upside down? Because otherwise, no matter how I bite it, it's going to be crust. Well, right? Yeah, but tongue. if you fold it, that's extra work. But then how do you eat like the big like the big floppy slices, the thin crust? Like, if I, if I have that at my house, I'm a degenerate. I will use a fork and a knife because <gasps> if it flops, I love using a fork and a knife with everything (laughs) you just become best friends true true story one of the times we went out to pizza hut and when i was younger and i remember seeing people eat pizza with a fork and a knife for the first time and i was like mom mom look these people they're using they're using a fork on their pizza and she's like yes son people do that i'm like but 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 why i do it because that's like the whole point you can eat it with your hands but if it's too floppy all the it's gonna down you know so like i'll eat with a fork and man there are new yorkers that are lighting up the comments right now like (laughs) excellent do it get them (laughs) but like the thing is is i don't even eat crust really i don't like crust because like Mm. unless unless you put like like a nice like seasoning or like a garlic thing on there if you do cheese stuff then i'm gonna eat it but if it's just like bread I'm just yeah. going to eat the good part yeah, and then some, I give the some crust Some people don't away. like the pizza bones. I get that. No, pizza yeah. Bones. I'm the same way. I just leave the bones behind. Yeah. <laughs> we're grown-ups here. <laughs> I know, right? I just, grown-ups. I'm the one that just said pizza you. bones. I'm like, I like, like, I'm that guy. Mm. I'm half and half. I'll eat them if I'm hungry and then if I start getting full, they get abandoned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like, Fair. this is not good enough to like devote full <laughs> yeah. stomach. Yeah, I got to save all the cheese room in my stomach. No more bread. <laughs> All right, so All right, aside you, you from... want to get lit up first or, or me? Yeah, we got we got ketchup where it should not be. We've got fork and knife pizza. Well, I don't like condiments. That one hurts. <laughs> that one actually. So hurts. I eat almost everything dry. My salad, I I I'll do a little bit of vinaigrette, but I like dip my fork in it and then kind of spin it around the salad, and that was it for the entire salad oh i don't like ketchup i don't like mustard i don't like mayonnaise like basically i like peanut butter sandwiches ate those a lot as a kid was very good at making those on my own (laughs) don't like jelly i don't like jam um like soy sauce is okay like but and marinara sauce on spaghetti okay but i've been told that those things don't count as condiments so i yeah not really condiments they're gross that breaks my heart that's like my favorite thing to buy at the store (laughs) it's like condiments yeah people come over and they're like oh do you have ketchup or like my partner eats uh dijon mustard so i'm like "Mm, we've got mustard but beyond that like a salad too though like i'm i'm a goblin with ranch dressing on on a salad i don't mind the taste of like arugula and fresh greens like i don't go for the iceberg so much because it's just water but i like i like vegetables 
I like them too, and they're even better covered in like cheese. (laughs) Cheese, Yeah, cheese goes with everything. I think we can all agree on that. Sounds like it. Absolutely. All right, so dry. So I'm going to be served a dry hot dog at your house. Yeah, with I. uh, Well, I will only have. (laughs) Well, they have cheese. Yeah, I'm going to have cheese. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with some chili on there. Oh, I was about to say, what about oh, a chili okay, dog? Cool. Okay. Yeah, that, that's Because that's not a condiment. That's a separate I will ingredient. probably use a fork and knife as I'm eating my chili dog. <laughs> I have literally done that many a times. Oh, my gosh. I always ask for a knife at restaurants, like, when they aren't provided. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I need this. <laughs> now, okay, question. Like, do you go to sporting events? Yes. Do you I, get hot dogs at sporting events? Not typically. Okay, because I was about to ask, like, what do you do in those scenarios? Because I don't I like think I've ever even seen them available. Pretzels and nacho cheese, which is nacho cheese a condiment? I don't really think yeah. so. I would say yes. I would say because it's like a dip thing. Because you, like, yeah. you pour it on, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, like, like halfway. Like, but we already covered cheese is okay. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Nacho cheese is never... I don't think I've ever seen solid nacho cheese, so I would count it like a condiment. Okay, so I, I like one condiment. <laughs> We're growing. We're learning here. <laughs> All right. What are we going okay. to? First one, vanilla is not that great. Like I like I just don't even understand. Like when you go and you have 50 different flavors to pick from, why you would just pick vanilla. Mm. It's like almost never do I select it. Sometimes like, I get vanilla, but only if I'm like, if I'm going to put like hot fudge or like caramel sauce on top. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to like overpower yeah, for me, that's like coffee. Like I, I when I'm doing my coffee, it looks like hot chocolate. Like yeah, I just, yeah. there's a bunch of other stuff in it, right? Like I can't just having the plain thing doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never understood that. Like, but it's the most popular flavor, and I, and I don't understand because it kind of has the least flavor. So I don't. It's never made sense to me. I'm just like, okay, well, people like what they like, but. Do you think it gets by on being a legacy flavor? Do you think it's like back in the 1700s when we hadn't thought of salted caramel yet? That you know, vanilla was all we could do. And it's just maybe, carried on. There may be some carryover there. Like <laughs> it's it's like to be fair, I guess it's easy to put with everything because like you know you can have it with almost any ice cream or whatever. It's not going to be like a competing flavor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't like, go with marinara sauce. Well, yeah, it doesn't. I don't know if I've done that in, in ice cream for sure. Ooh, new food challenge unlocked though. Yeah, I got a lot of things Sun-dried I got to try now. So like, things are happening over here. Uh, no, the one that really gets me in trouble though is. I, because I, uh, I ate a lot of sweets. I'm basically an eight year old trapped in a forty year old body. But chocolate chip cookies, real low on my ranking of cookies. But here's, 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 hear me out though. Is your first one oatmeal raisin? No, no, hear me out for a second. Like, <laughs> I won't, I won't not eat chocolate chip cookies. I'm still gonna eat the cookies. Yeah. But they're always offered everywhere. Yeah. So if I'm given a choice, I almost never look at the chocolate chip cookie. Hmm. Because, like, literally every fast food restaurant, everywhere, like, if they offer cookies, it's almost always a chocolate chip cookie. So I can get it whenever I want it. Mm-hmm. So I almost just ignore chocolate chip cookies whenever they're offered. Oh, I is... literally start at the other options. What is the best flavor of cookie? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. Like, I like peanut butter cookies, oatmeal raisins, snickerdoodles. Like, just go down <laughs> just go down the list. I Like, I will crush some cookies. But also, oh, man, this, this goes deeper, too. Because, like, crunchy cookies, I hate. I don't. I don't do crunchy, crispy cookies. I like, I like soft. What about a biscoff? They're I like crunchy. soft baked. That's that's barely a cookie though for me. Thank you. That's I will barely agree with a cookie. That. that that's that's airplane food. Oh, yeah. Every time I go on, I do del- like biscoff. They're good they flavor, you- but they're barely a cookie. I would agree with that. They're almost like a like a graham cracker more more than an actual cookie. I would say they're more like um. Well, I mean, I know it's called biscoff, but like they're more like biscotti to me. Like like they're they're Kinda. like a tool with which you dunk in coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not something I would go. For dessert today, I'm gonna get a biscuit. But like, I remember when Chips Ahoy came out with their their soft brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I killed a whole bag of those in like 20 minutes. <laughs> Even like, though it was seriously. chocolate chip. Yeah, like because they're soft. Like, yeah. like crunchy. I don't I don't care for the crunchy chips ahoy at all. How do you feel about Ghirardelli's triple chocolate chip cookie? Have you had that? Yeah, those are those are good. Okay. I mean, like, no, that's what I'm saying. I'll still eat them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if they were sitting next to a pile of Oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> we're we're shoving those it. aside, and I'm crushing I the oatmeal raisin cookies. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, but it could be. It, I mean, it could just well be Snickerdoodle still eating those before the chocolate. I think you're good. Okay, right. but okay, but like still, I feel like it's this very special take to be like I'm like middling on chocolate chip cookies, but oatmeal raisin, I would eat those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be the only person within like a 50 mile that radius who case. holds this opinion. That might be the case. I just realized I had another controversial food opinion. Please. Is I I, would t- I was taught this in middle school and I like to do it now, but I, I how I like to eat cupcakes is a little different than most people do. Like when you get the cupcake, you'll oh, yeah, kill you the wrapper. The yeah, you t- oh, you, yeah, you yeah, like rip common. off the bottom, you smush it, and then you eat it like a teeny yeah, little sandwich. Yeah, that's not that weird. A lot that's of people a do. Great that. hack. Yeah, yeah. I like mm-hmm. it because then you just it, I don't know, it just feels more quaint. What I like to do is I like to take off the bottom of the cupcake, the the the, the, the nubbin, meat, the meat, <laughs> and then just eat that, taste the cake, and then I get. What I really want, which is an inch of frosting gotcha. on like an inch of cake, like a goblin, just perfect sugar. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm trying to think about other food things. Like, how do y'all feel about Alfredo sauce? I could, it's not my favorite. Like, if it was like that was the only option, I would eat it. Like, my issue is I feel like there's such a wide range in quality mm. when I paddle for it. So, yeah. like, and I always feel like I'm gambling if I see it on a menu because I'm like, ah, this is going to be really great or it might be really bad. So, like, I just if I see it on a menu, I just stay away from it. I I tend I like Alfredo sauce, but I almost never ordered a restaurant exactly. because there is a, there is a there is like the homemade Alfredo sauce where it's just basically you know parmesan and garlic and butter and stuff like that. And then there is sometimes when you go to a restaurant where it's like, all right, so we've made a roux with flour yeah. and it's like 2% milk and we've stirred in like some salt and like a tablespoon of Parmesan and now we've coated your noodles in yeah, it. And, and it's it, like, and it oh. just tastes a little off and sometimes it's a touch like gritty almost. Like I'm just, I can't, I can't. It's yeah, like, from the flour, right? Yeah. So like, mm, no. I love Alfredo sauce and it used to be primarily the only thing that I made spaghetti with, but then I was using marinara and it was tasting too tomatoey and ketchupy. So then now I just make noodles and I sprinkle parmesan cheese on them and it goes sauceless. Have you have you tried making like a garlic butter sauce? No, but maybe I will. That's really good I do actually. Like garlic. You can do like yeah. cacio e pepe. I was just thinking that literally. Ooh, like a pepper? Yeah. Ooh, I have had that at a restaurant before, mm-hmm. so and it's easy to that. make at home. One final food thing I think is kind of funny. This isn't even a food opinion. I just saw it online one day and I thought it was really funny. It's like if someone walked up to you and they're like, would you like four string cheese sticks? And you're like, no, that's too much. But then they're like, okay, would you like these four mozzarella sticks? And you're like, why, yes, I would. I always find that kind of funny. Like you said that, I thing. literally would have taken both of them. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, like you said that, and I'm like, yeah, I like cheese sticks. I'll take four well, of I them. Feel like, I feel like if I were to sit down and eat four cheese sticks at once, I'd be like, that's a lot of like string cheese to eat at once. But then if like, at, like most restaurants, you're like, here's mozzarella sticks as an appetizer. I'm like, that makes sense. Do you feel you have to pull the strings out of the string cheese? Yes. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm, I don't I'm a degenerate. Either. I yes. go chomp chomp. Same. Same. Chomp I, I do. I just, see, I told you. Just you eat normal cheese. I knew I was going to get blown out for these. But like, <laughs> I do. Well, because like, I'll get it while I'm snacking and I'm editing or whatever. So right, like, right. one hand's like clicking buttons or whatever anyway. I, I'm not going to like rip it with my teeth while I eat it. Well, so. the string in string cheese is not a command. It's a suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
One day I want to like take a bunch of string cheese and make like a rope out of it or something like that. <laughs> I just realized all you wonderful yeah. viewers are like, these people seem neat. And then we started talking about our food preference. They're like, well, I hate these people. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to lose subs on our YouTube channels now. It's going to be a disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, well, this has been a very fun discussion, but it is time to wrap things up. But before we go, if you have been like, wow, I didn't know these people before, and now they're amazing, and I have to follow them and, and, and see where they are and, and, and take in their wonderful content, where can our viewers find you, Chase? Excellent. Hello. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Mana Curves. I post a lot of my content on Twitter. I also stream uh, Commander Gameplay and Deck Building on Twitch. Um, I write articles for Star City Games, and I also have a podcast where you can wherever you can find podcasts, and also on YouTube called Bad at Magic with my lovely co-host, EK Plays Cards. Zbex, hello everyone. I'm Zbex. At Zbex is where you can find me everywhere. Z b e x x. I make a lot of short form video content on TikTok. I also do a ton of cosplays, mostly magic, but other fandoms as well. You can find photos on Instagram and Twitter. I have a YouTube as well, where my current project has been Magic Story Time with Gina and Zena, my co-host Covert Go Gina, and I do stream occasionally on Twitch as well. So anywhere at Zbex is where you can find me and remember you are fabulous oh you can just find me just about everywhere at power dragon spelled weird it's p-o-w-r-d-r-a-g-n mostly on twitter youtube and twitch most of the time but i am everywhere and we do have a podcast called color of magic where we talk about the more serious issues in gaming and magic so uh you can check that out too if you want to look that up pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts I can tell that you've been a lot online for a long time because of how your user, like how your name is spelled, is dropping the vowels. So oh to yeah, me, that's yeah. Like... There's that, there's a story of that username being like twenty five years old at this point, something like that. And so that's like... what, that's what you did. You <laughs> dropped the vowels and then you got yep. the name that you wanted. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here and answering my mostly terrible questions. <laughs> thank you for watching. And thank you to Card Kingdom for sponsoring this podcast. Remember, Card Kingdom ships fast, packaged in a union shop, and has an affiliate code LRR. And you can say, Loading Ready Run sent me button, please. And of course, from your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. And uh, that's going to be it. Bye-bye, everybody. 